Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 95.5 UNF Spinnaker Radio. You are listening to the Dean's Office. I am joined by a wonderful cast, Ryan, (laughs) Christian, Trey, and Alfred. The Jags have lost to the Dallas Cowboys 40-7. You you heard that right. The Jacksonville Jaguars lost to the Dallas Cowboys 40-7. to I really do not want to talk about the Jaguars that much because I just don't have a lot to say about this team right now. Uh, there's The expectations were so much higher with the amount of talent we were bringing back from last year's run, and they put up a giant stinker against the Cowboys. Uh, so right now all I have to say is I really hope we can move on from this game. And that, guys, I'm speechless still. I don't know what else to say. So really, my my only frustration is he wants to talk about that. We're talking about D.D. Westbrook. He wants to talk about how how hard it is to score in this league, and he's always going to celebrate. But to me, that just views that he values himself more than the team, which I understand is a business perspective. But I just had a a problem with D.D. celebrating when we're getting blown out. It just seemed embarrassing, and we didn't have any discipline. And then Ramsey's post-game interview where he just basically didn't give any answers to the questions and has no words after he wants to say so much. And when you get blown out, and it is on you, you have nothing to say. And then not a lot of people were talking about it, but there was a time when the Cowboys, I believe, is when they went up 24 nothing. Uh, Taven Bryan, just, you know, sit on the sideline with Dante Fowler, just laughing and having a good time, talking about whatever they were talking about, and... Smiling like they were up 24 nothing, So that's really all I want to say about the game. I don't know if anybody else wants to say anything. So, Ryan, take it away. So I'm gonna, uh, all I'm going to say is, in the words of Jalen Ramsey, I don't know. That's it. That's all i got to say. Anyone else want to talk about the Jaguars? Yeah, um, just uh, this is what, uh, what's, Steve, the words of Stephen A. Smith. This was a travesty. Um, Cole Beasley had nine catches for 101 yards. Prior to that, in 93 games, he only had one other game where he had 100 yards receiving. Um, I don't know, man. This defense has become non-existent. 44 points in the first half against the Chiefs in Dallas um, when they allowed 12 in the first four games. So, um, I don't know, man. I feel like it's mental. The offense right now is averaging only 18 points. They're 29th in the league. And if you told me that we were three and three, we were three and three last year, but it's really felt like a different three and three, you know. And if you would have told me that Fournette only uh, has been forty-five offensive plays this year, I don't think the front office was equipped to have Bortles carry the load. And um, you know, we're ranked fifth in pass attempts. You're not going to win games with Blake Bortles being fifth in the league in passing temps. So, I mean, this is a recipe for a disaster, to be honest with you. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. Um, so, all we can do is try to put this behind us and move forward and hope and trust the Jags. We'll get this figured out. Uh, my question for Ryan is, where's the fire on this team? Um, the, the fact that this team is run by Tom Coughlin and the amount of egos that we have on this roster it, just the way the team is handling these last two losses I mean the last three of four games with the Jaguars have lost the way that they're handling the situation just doesn't seem like Tom Coughlin 
a Tom Coughlin team, I guess. So where's the fire on the team, and do you see the Jags overcoming uh, this situation? Well, um, I really I, – I still have a lot of faith in Tom Coughlin. I think they have – I think he's going to give him something to prove. I really hope that this is one of those moments where the Jags come together and this is their reality check where they go, listen – we have to have a little all-players meeting or something where we just – you need to sit down and figure it out, um, and we'll see what they can do. I, I agree with Alfred. I don't think the Jaguars are ready to have Blake Bortles put the whole team on – you know, his offense on his shoulders, and I think it's definitely showing right now. And I'll transition that to you, Alfred. What do the Jags do in this situation with their offense and quarterback? Now – we were laughing and giggling a lot right before the show about all these kind of ideas that you guys were throwing at me about different quarterbacks to trade for, sign, somebody on offense. But give me somebody that you think. What do the Jags do at this situation at 3-3, three and three, tied with Houston and Tennessee for the lead in the division? What do the Jags do in the quarterback-slash-offensive situation? Um, honestly, right now, I feel like they're kind of handicapped. I mean, the entire league sees what we're seeing, um, that Blake Borders really can't handle the offense. The health is an issue. It's a very big issue. And, of course, we were one of the big um, top dogs in the league last year, but we were uh, healthy most of the season, offensively and defensively. So, um, you know, of course, we can discuss with teams. I know Bridgewater name was kind of came up in the discussion and everything like that, but I feel like the Saints are going to want a, a big price to pay if you want to get a quarterback like that. And plus, you're bringing a man with 10 games left to go in the season. Obviously, he has to learn offensive schemes and everything like that. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's, a, big, it's a big hole, a big gap to fill. I honestly don't have the answer, man. But, you know. That's really the only thing I can think of is Teddy Bridgewater. You guys kept joking about Derek Carr. It wasn't a joke. I... I'm sorry, I just don't think the Jags will ever consider Derek Carr in a trade situation only because of the amount of money that the Raiders gave him. He's the leader of an offense that does have weapons, and they're 1-5, and five, and I understand their defense isn't the best thing in the league, but I'm sorry. If you can only put three points up against Seattle and you're, we're supposed to, you're supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league the way you're getting paid, I don't think the Jags ever take a chance on that kind of money. So I don't see Derek Carr as a situation – Right now, I think Blake Bortles is your quarterback, and until he com- the, the season's over or you're completely out of it, I don't see that they would make a change. But at this point, if they lose to the Texans on Sunday, I don't see how you don't think about putting Cody Kessler in there. Um, and if not Cody Kessler, then I guess you can argue about Teddy Bridgewater. I've, I've thought about that too and wouldn't go against that argument. So I give a lot of credit to the Dallas Cowboys. They – Came in there and absolutely lit up the Jaguars. But somehow the Titans lost again, and the Jags are 3-3. Three and three. So are the Titans. And the 0-3 Texans are now improved to 3-3 three and three after winning three straight. So we have a three-way tie. The Titans hold that tie, but all of a sudden it's a, it's a competition in the AFC South. So uh, it's going to be interesting on Sunday when the Jags host the Texans to see if the Texans continue their run or the Jags turn things around. Alfred, you got something for us. Yeah. Um, last year, before uh, we shrunk along four straight wins, you know, obviously we couldn't put a win streak, uh, win, winning streak together. And we were actually 3-3. Three and three. 
with a division rival against the Colts, but it wasn't uh, away at Indianapolis, and we wound up responding and winning 27 to nothing before we went on that four-game winning streak uh, to take the division by, you know, the chokehold, per se. So, I mean, I feel like the team will regroup. We'll definitely see <laughs> this upcoming Sunday. So, you know. We're going to transition over to Trey's take. Uh, I like to call it for let him give him a little couple seconds, maybe a minute or so. Give him something that he saw with his Atlanta Falcons. You know, they're I guess you can consider him a quote unquote local team. You know, six hours. Uh, so Jameis Winston's first start this season was against the Falcons, and he usually does pretty well. And he played okay. Uh, he did have two picks against their uh, wonderful Falcons defense this year. Uh, so, but there was a crazy final play where Deshaun Jackson almost won the game for the Bucs. Uh, but their little pitch to him at the end of the game, if you check the highlights out, uh, it was kind of like a pass around where they were just trying to get somebody to score. And he had a lane, but the ball just went over his head and they lost the game. So the Falcons held on. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34-29. Trey, what the take for you, my question is, what did you like, what you didn't like, and is this a turnaround game for the Atlanta Falcons or just a nice win? Um, I definitely liked um, the fact that our offense grew back together after that terrible loss against the Steelers where we didn't score so much. Um, I liked what I saw better in the secondary um, for the new guys coming up. They are improving a little bit. We get Deion Jones back soon for the middle linebackers and linebacking core, which is going to be nice for us. Um, I didn't like more injuries. I saw um, I saw Matt Bryant be helped off the field. He'll be back um, in the season. It was possibly a career-threatening injury, but he will be back. Calvin Ridley will be out for the next game. He'll be back after the uh, the um, our bye week. Um, and I honestly, I th- I think I think that is gonna. It might end up being somewhat of a bounce back. I think it's more of a nice win, um, but it definitely gives our guys a little bit more confidence going into the next weeks, especially against the Giants with Monday Night Football. Going into that bye week, the Falcons are usually better off the bye, so I think that was a good win for us. Yeah, you said it. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, if they're going to turn things around, now was the time to do it. If there's a turnaround point and they are going to be taking on the New York Giants next week uh, Monday Night Football at home against the New York Giants and the Giants have nothing going for them this year so if they want to get back into the race for the NFC South now's the time to do it so we'll see how the Atlanta Falcons uh, go forward from here if they're going to be able to turn things around or not definitely have to stay tuned but also you should stay tuned because you are listening to the dean's office on 95.5 fm spinnaker radio spinnaker radio supplies local unf students with some great indie alternative music along with giving students like us the chance to discuss our passions on air if you want to check out more from spinnaker you can always follow the station on twitter and instagram at unf spinnaker you could also subscribe to the spinnaker youtube channels for our student-based content and you could visit the website at unfspinnaker.com so now here in my dean's office, I've changed things a little bit here with our pop quiz. Uh, I always give a pop quiz every week. And this week, I, I, from our students last week, everybody seems to like multiple choice. You know, I'm going to keep that trend going, give you guys another chance. Um, so we're going to start with Alfred and go around the room. So the pop quiz question of the day. 
Drew Brees recently passed Peyton Manning and Brett Favre on the all-time passing yards list. Surprisingly, Drew Brees was not drafted in the first round of the 2001 NFL Draft. Which of the following players was drafted before Drew Brees in the 2001 NFL Draft? So all of these players were taken after Drew Brees except for one of them. We have A, Chad Johnson slash Ocho Cinco from the Cincinnati Bengals. What they're most known for is what the team I put. Uh, Steve Smith, choice B. Steve Smith from the Panthers. Todd Heap from the Baltimore Ravens. Or David Leverton, a punter from Tennessee that was drafted by the Jaguars. So Chad Johnson, Steve Smith, Todd Heap, David Leverton. Uh, or Leverton, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. So which of these players was drafted before Drew Brees? All these players were drafted after them. So, but one of them was drafted before. So which one was drafted before, Alfred? I believe Breeze oh, I believe Breeze was the first pick of the second round. So if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure a punter would be drafted in the first round. So I would say David, whatever his name was. Last David name? Leverton, he was yes. so you would say he's drafted before Drew Brees? Before. Yeah, so which player was drafted oh, before? Oh, okay. Chad Johnson, <laughs> Steve Smith, Todd Heap, David Leverton. I believe Todd Heap was the first round pick, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll go with Todd okay. Heap. I'm going to go with uh, Chad Ochocinco, because why not? Ryan? I want to go with uh, Ochocinco as well. I I thought about it there. I'm like, maybe I'll go with Steve Smith, but no, I'm going to stick with Ochocinco. Or Johnson at the time, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, so Christian had to step out of the office for a minute, so we will get his choice later. Uh, But uh, his his won't count in case he's listening on the outside of the studio. Cheating. Uh, <laughs> just call it like it is. We don't allow cheaters in the dean's office, okay? Guys, you guys should start studying with Alfred because Todd Heap was the last choice in the first round and taken right before Drew Brees. We know the study group. <laughs> <laughs> now, I only I only put David Leverton in there, the punter for the Jags, because I thought that was just an old Jaguars pick that would just define where their franchise was. In 2001, they drafted him in the fifth round, and if you look at his NFL stats, they don't exist. So I don't, I mean, I don't remember him playing ever. I never heard of him, but it said we drafted him from Tennessee. In 2001, in the fifth round, we drafted a punter named David Leverton, and if you look at his, on NFL.com, his official stats, there's nothing there. It just says that he was drafted. So there was nothing there. So, tight end Todd Heap for the Baltimore Ravens was drafted before Drew Brees. Can anybody tell me the number one overall pick in 2001? Michael. Just curious if anybody can tell. Just, just a choice. Who ha- can we ask who had the pick? No. Okay. Any good position. Who was the number one overall pick? Quarterback. I don't know, maybe. Mario Williams. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I think he was later. Was it um, Derek Carr? Oh, you mean David Carr? David Carr. All this talk about Derek Carr. Michael Vick. It was Michael Vick. Michael Vick was the number one overall pick in the 2001 NFL draft. So sorry, Christian, uh, you're late to the class. You uh, you missed the question. So did you hear on the outside? I don't know. Do we trust them, guys? I say we ask him. Let's just see what he, let's see what he says. Yeah, he gets, he so quickly, I'll ask you. Drew Brees recently passed Peyton Manning and Brett Favre on the all-time passing yards list. Surprisingly, Drew Brees was not drafted in the first round of the 2001 NFL Draft. Which of the following players was drafted before Drew Brees in the 2001 NFL Draft? So all of these players were drafted after him except for one. 
Chad Johnson from the Cincinnati Bengals, Steve Smith from the Carolina Panthers, Todd Heap from the Baltimore Ravens, or David Leverton, the punter from Tennessee, drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm going Heap. God, I swear he was listening to the show. <laughs> it was Todd Heap, yeah. So Todd Heap. So I like that question. You know, I didn't realize he wasn't a first-round pick. I did not realize that Michael Vick was taken before him, but that was easy, you know, Michael Vick, number one overall pick. So the Falcons, you know, he loved Michael Vick, but there was a guy named Drew Brees sitting there from Purdue. So now I want to go to everybody's pros and cons. We are entering, what is it, week seven now of the NFL season? Already in week seven. Uh, So I'm going to go around the room, get everybody's pro. We'll start with everybody's con. We'll start negative and then end on a positive note. So what is the con of the week for you, Ryan Taronis? My con of the week is the New York football giants, just the team as a whole. I mean, I don't think it's a shocker to anyone at this point, but just seeing at least these last two years how they've been projected, to, people are like they're going to win the, AFC, the NFC East, they have a great playoff chances, and they just they cannot get it done. Um, that's my con. My pro is the Ravens' defense. It has been – Outstanding. I thought the Jaguars' defense was amazing to begin the year. Watch out. The Ravens are killing it. Uh, Shut out against Tennessee, who has very good off. I mean, I shouldn't say very good, but, you know, they, they got an offense. Um, not today, or not yesterday. Uh, and that, Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the pro. Um, I would say my con for so far is Derek Carr. Um, his coach has given up on yes. him. He's crying on the sideline like i feel for the guy he needs he needs he needs, he needs yeah he needs a new team and i think jacksonville would definitely be a good place and my pro is the texans um they're starting to look a little better they're getting wins so i feel like that that could change the culture in the locker room that could change the atmosphere for you know sean watson his confidence coming back he we saw what he could do last year so they could take the division if jacksonville keeps slipping up my con i'm gonna stick with the raiders or christian is i'm gonna go with john gruden uh, just as far as this year's gone, uh, he's made some terrible decisions as far as coaching and uh, moving players around, a.k.a. Khalil Mack. Um, also, too, giving up on his quarterback. And Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. And to give up on him like that, uh, it's that's just bad coaching to me. Um, after you pay him. After you pay him that much money. And then you give up on him. And you uh, like you make a grown man, like a grown multimillionaire, cry on the sideline. Like, I don't know. That's not a good coach to me. And my pro is that Jameis Winston looked better in his start. Um, Of course, Falcons and Tampa were quote-unquote rivals, but I do like Jameis Winston being a Florida State fan. Um, And I think as much as, you know, he threw those two picks, one of them I wouldn't really blame on him too much. Um, He looked like he really managed the field even after that hit pull had on him. Um, which I would think it was a late hit. He was going out of bounds. And he, he, he got right back up, and he had his play um, do his talking for him. So I, I think Jameis Winston's maturing as far as it goes, and I, I'd put him uh, as my pro for this week. All right, I think my con, man, is uh, the Cleveland Browns, man. I thought y'all tried to sell me on. I tried. Baker, what was I forget the nickname y'all gave him, but terrible performance. Um, Hugh Jackson. Me, I guess. Hey, man, <laughs> back to the regular old Browns, I see. But hopefully they get it back on track. Um, yeah, yeah, it was an abysmal performance. Pro, look at the Irish. You know, Conor McGregor was at Dallas. Like to see him, you know, spark some magic with the Cowboys. And, hey, you know, look like he's doing well for himself after that beatdown. So that's my pro. <laughs> he's not too bad. <laughs> so 
avoiding the Jags, I'm actually going to stick in the AFC South for both of these teams. Uh, the con, Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans have lost two in a row the same time the Jags have lost two in a row and the same time the Texans won three in a row. I wrote this down because I really wanted to get... The Titans have had as many chances to increase their lead in the AFC South but have let the Texans and Jaguars hang around. The Titans were shut out by the Baltimore Ravens at home, and their next three opponents are the L.A. Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, and New England Patriots. So... It's not looking good for the Titans. Hope I mean, well, not hopefully. I don't think they. I hope they don't win any of those. But if you're a, a Titans fan or a Titans player, you really hope you can get one of those games because right now that's looking like three and six. If you're looking at those other three teams, maybe a four and five. But that's a tough next three games after you just got shut out by Baltimore at home. So, and my pro is the Houston Texans. They were one of my first cons. Maybe they're listening to the show. They were starting to understand that their season might be falling apart, and the Texans started their season 0-3 and improved to 3-3. They beat Now, they did beat the Colts, the Cowboys, and the Bills, but the Cowboys did just put 40 points on the Jags, so maybe they're a better team than we thought. But they also beat the Colts and Bills. So you could say that they're easier teams, but they look to continue their win streak going up against the Jaguars uh, franchise that cannot seem to get themselves together after they just lost. The Jags have lost three of their last four, uh, and the Jags host the Texans on Sunday at 1-1. Uh, and if the Texans somehow continue their win streak and the Jags keep falling apart, all of a sudden the 0-3 Texans team could be the new frontrunner of the division, just like that. So a lot of us here in the office and I think a lot of people around the league and, and media were just counting the Texans out. So a lot of credit to the Houston Texans, and I'll give them even more credit if they can somehow beat the Jags on Sunday and take the lead of the division possibly because I don't see the Titans beating uh, the Chargers. And... My take on that game, we might as well just go ahead and do our Pick 6 segment. Every week, ladies and gentlemen, we have a segment called Pick 6. We pick six games we want our listeners and everyone to watch this week and what we think might be some good games this week. So let's start off. We'll always stay local here, and we're going to start off with the Texans at the Jaguars at 1 o'clock. The Jacksonville Jaguars, like I said, have lost three of their last four, and the Texans have won three in a row. And Texans have looked a lot better recently. So, Alfred, we'll always start with you. Texans at Jaguars, the Jags, and this could possibly be a fight for the division lead as the Titans, Texans, and Jags are all sitting at 3-3 three and three, and the Colts are just uh, saying, hey, we still exist at 1-5. and five. So we laugh about it, but the Colts, maybe they're still in it if they could turn things around and everybody else starts falling apart because this division is just kind of laughable so far. So the Texans and Jags, Alfred, who's winning this game on Sunday? Um, I have faith in those Jaguars that they'll somehow pull it through. Um, even though the Texans are on a three-game winning streak right now, two of those wins were in overtime um, against the Colts and against the Cowboys. And I think it was a pick six when Nathan Peterman and, the, you know, the GOAT threw that pick six for them to beat the Bills. So they struggled against the Bills as well. So even though they're on a three-game winning streak, they're not really dominating. Or they, I don't feel like they have their groove just yet. And I think the fact that this game is at home gives the Jaguars an advantage. Uh, call me naive, call me a fan, but I think I'll pick the Jaguars to pull this one out. Trey, what about you? That, uh, I mean, that explanation somewhat sold me a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to say the Texans for this week. Um, Jags fans might hate me. I don't know. I don't see after – there's it's it's there's some 
intensity in the air with the Jaguars. I, I think between the locker room, um, and I, I don't I don't see them pulling it together this week whatsoever. I'm gonna go and say the exact opposite of Trey. I think um, I think Jags win by ten, and uh, I don't know. I think I don't think Bortles has a great week, but I think the defense. I think Jalen Ramsey commands that defense, and I think him and Telvin Smith. Um, I think they're gonna come back and they're gonna be pretty ticked off, honestly. And I think they're gonna get their uh, fire back and win an important divisional game. And this could be a uh, this could be something you look back on you know later in the season and say like that was a statement when we had to get that win or our season was done so i'm saying jags um it's basically just a toss-up for me i think if leonard Fournette does not play i don't see us winning but if he does i think we'll have a chance to get back to that offensive rhythm where you know they the defense has to be honest with us with our running game uh but yeah if we don't have him i don't see us winning yeah i don't think leonard Fournette's going to be playing uh, this week either. There's been a lot of talk that he might not come back till the bye week. Uh, after that bye week, after we play the Eagles in London. Uh, not this week, but next week. So that's that's still a ways away. And, you know, I completely agree with you. For that reason, I can't do it anymore. I'm taking the Texans in this one. Um, what I saw on Sunday, it was almost like the team has given up before it even started. In the first two drives, it was there wasn't the aggression that I'm used to see with the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. It did not look like the team that I've watched for the last year and a half that was succeeding. So I'm sorry. Like, I understand it's a home game. I understand that it's a divisional game, and this could be the time that the Jaguars turn around, and I hope they do. But right now they've shown me nothing. Like there's, Blake Bortles hasn't done anything recently to prove to me that he can stay consistent and be the leader of this team. So the Texans are hot right now. Yes, they went in overtime against the Colts. Yes, they went overtime um, against the Cowboys. And yes, they beat Nathan Peterman with the Bills. But they're going against Blake Bortles right now. And the Texans defense has kept the, uh, kept the Texans in these last three games and got them right back in the race. So I'm going to take the Texans this week, and I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, for the second game, when you wake up on Sunday morning, hopefully it's a sunshine, uh, shiny morning there wherever you are, and when you wake up, you know, it might be around 9.30, and you're going to get to watch a game in London that's going on between the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Chargers, who proved me wrong and beat the Browns, and now I'm starting to take the Chargers seriously as one of the best teams in the AFC right now, as uh, our friend Tyler last week said, that the Chargers' only two losses were to the Chiefs and the Rams, and at the time, they were both undefeated until the Kansas City lost last night. Uh, so the Titans at the Chargers. Alfred, you giving the Titans any chance in this game in London? Um, yeah, actually, I'm giving the Titans. I said they win this game. Um, in London, I don't know what happens to teams, man. They just, they're Jacqueline Hyde. Uh, the Jaguars look like the Patriots, 0-1 Patriots when they play in London. Um, I just think it's just a time factor. I mean, I think London, don't, don't quote me, is six hours ahead. Five hours. Five hours. I did my research yesterday. Thank you. Five, five hours, hours ahead. Now, think of a West Coast team. They're three hours back of us on the East Coast. So, what mm-hmm. is that, eight? So, I just felt like just, I don't know, man. I'm just going with my gut. I don't really have any stats to go with it. The but. only reason that I researched that yesterday, by the way, was I thought it was very odd that the Seahawks and Raiders were playing at 1 o'clock in London. And there are eight-hour difference between the West Coast and London. So, that seemed very, very strange. Yeah. But I'm assuming they're both fun buys this upcoming week. I would assume, but I don't know. Um, 
Trey, what's your take on this game? I'm going to go uh, with the Chargers. Um, they're a fantastic team. As far as their defense goes and their secondary, their secondary is great. Um, I don't think the Titans really do much against the Chargers, so I'm going with them this week. I'm going to agree. Um, when the 49ers played the Chargers, you could see they're a team that's coming together slowly. And, um, you know, with Derwin James on defense, and I'm not sure if uh, if Joey Bosa's coming back anytime soon. But when he comes back, that team's going to be an elite team. You know, they could be a sleeper for the AFC Championship. So I'm I'm definitely going Chargers this week. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have much more to add. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers, too. I think they're uh, they're for real. Alfred, I'll give you all the credit in the world next week if the Titans can pull off this game because the Chargers are looking good. I've got Melvin Gordon on my fantasy team, and he's probably – you can argue that he's the best running back this season. So Melvin Gordon, he's killing it with the Chargers. Chargers' only two losses were to very competitive teams. Chargers are looking good right now, although it's going to be a uh, longer travel for them going to London from L.A., I think the Chargers are going to take this game against the Titans, and I think the Titans will continue to struggle here. Uh, and you'll start to see the Jags and Texans starting to fight for that top spot. Next game we have is a cross-conference matchup between the New Orleans Saints traveling to Baltimore, Maryland to take on the Ravens at 4.05 p.m. Both of these teams are in the mix for being one of the best teams in the league. Uh, so, Alfred, which of these teams is going to continue their success and which of them might have a bump in the road this week? I'm actually going to give it to the Saints. I think the Saints actually pulled this one off just because they're coming off a bye week. I feel like I'm always going to go with a team that's coming off the bye week the prior week. Um, even though it is in Baltimore, I just feel like they have more um, preparation time to actually go against them. So, give me the Saints. I'm sticking with Alfred on this one. I'm going with the Saints as well. I th- the bye week, you know, on the nose of that. As well, they had that swagger coming off that game uh, where Drew Brees got that um, for the pa- for the uh, passing yards against the Redskins. Um, I-, I think that team, as far as the offense goes, is just ridiculously stacked. And I think this week they'll overwhelm the uh, Ravens at home. Yep. I'm saying uh, I'm going to agree with both of them. I'm going to say Saints. And uh, kind of a bold prediction, but I think this is going to be one of Michael Thomas's best games of his career. So. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything really bold. I just think Drew Brees is amazing, and he's <laughs> – I, I, I don't know. I think, he, I think they're better. I just think they're a better team. Saints. Yeah, I kind of – wait a minute. I got my lockdown for the week. Uh-oh. Baltimore Ravens are going to win this game. Let me tell you why. Drew Brees, he's a great quarterback, right? He's, he's great. The Baltimore Ravens defense, they know that they lost that game to Cleveland, and it was in the back of their mind, and they came out and got 11 sacks against the Tennessee Titans. And now they're going to go home after that big win, and I think they're going to get a statement win against the New Orleans Saints. It'll be a close one, but I'll be a lone wolf in this building. I'm going to take the Ravens on that game. So you guys may think Saints, Edgar Allan Poe, I see you. <laughs> uh, we got a game that I am not too excited about because I'm not a fan of either of these teams. But the Dallas Cowboys, after putting up 40 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars, will fly to the nation's capital to play the Washington Redskins at 425 p.m. We'll go backwards, you know. Let's hear Ryan's take on this one. Ryan, the Cowboys or the Redskins? Which one is trying to make a statement divisional win? Well, um, I just don't think the Redskins have been consistent this year. I mean, they've been – 
I think Alex Smith has been a great addition for them, but they just one week they show up, the next week they don't. I think the Cowboys are going to start getting hot, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. Yeah, this this would have been a good game like four or five years ago, <laughs> but um, I don't really know what to expect from either of these teams. Cowboys, they're hit and miss, and Redskins, same thing, hit and miss. Just I think I think Cowboys win because you know they feel good after that win uh, last week, so. I think they carry the momentum and they beat their rival. I'm sticking with Ryan and Christian, too. I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, I think off that win, uh, like Christian said, they're going to be rolling off of it. Um, Like Ryan said, there's not much consistency with the Redskins. Alex Smith is good. Um, He was a great addition, like he said. Check down quarterback. But uh, I I don't see their their defenses really do much. Um, And... I know Cowboys offense isn't much, but I think after that win against Jacksonville, maybe Dak Prescott finally found his groove and what he should be doing, who to throw to, and maybe being a little bit more mobile in his game. Um, and maybe they gave him the confidence to maybe start getting some more wins for the Cowboys. Is Dak back? That's a good question. I'm not overreacting, boys. I mean, the Cowboys, yeah, they did something against the Jaguars, but, I mean, they averaged 16 points a game, so – you know, that, let's not let this one win overshadow. I still think you say check down quarterback Alex Smith. Dak is the epitome of that. True. Um, he averages less than 200 yards pass, and he only had 193 against the Jaguars. So give me the Redskins, man. I like the Redskins. I'll take them. Alex Smith. You stole my fire. I was ready to be a lone wolf in this building again because I agree with you 100%. I think the Cowboys are going to take this win. They're going to get a little – too excited about it because that's a big win for them at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Put up that many points and have such a dominant win. But I'm liking the Redskins right now. I think I don't know something about Alex Smith over there. He gets me. He gets me hyped for the Redskins. So I think I think Alex Smith this division game at home. I think they're going to get this one against the Cowboys. So give me the Redskins. I put this next game in here for our friend Christian here, uh, to give him an opportunity to see if he wanted to make an argument, maybe not. But last year, let me, let's take it back real quick. Everybody's like, oh, the Rams are playing the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. We got Jared Goff against Brian Hoyer. This game's going to be boring. Uh, that was probably one of the most exciting Thursday Night games last year, and Brian Hoyer was so close to pulling that off. Now, this year they don't have Jimmy G for the game, but they have C.J. Beathard. So, Ryan... The Rams are undefeated, but they're going to the uh, San Fran, Levi Stadium, to take on the 49ers. Will the Niners make an upset, or are the Rams going 7-0? All right, listen, boys. This is my lockdown pick of the week. And it's the Rams. <laughs> at, with, with the shocking decision, the Rams are going to win by at least 30 points. 30? Wait a 30 points. Oh. I have nothing to back that up. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, just throwing numbers out there. I'm just throwing numbers. Yeah, I'm just, I feel like it's going to be a blowout. If Jimmy G was there, I wouldn't be saying that. And, yeah, that's my lockdown. Yeah, I, I, don't, think the, I don't think the Rams are going to go uh, 7-0. I think they're going to go 16-0. <laughs> so I think they're going to, I think it'll be kind of interesting. You know, it could be a close game. You know, and, um, man, I, I just don't know. Our defense isn't good enough. The 49ers' defense isn't good enough to keep up with the Rams' offense, and the 49ers' offense is not going to be able to block the Rams' defensive line. So I I hope we can stay close. I hope the 49ers can keep it close, but, you know, I'm being realistic here. 
You know what? I like Uh-oh. being alone on things. Oh, I had oh, no. I had the Rams. No way. And <laughs> and just <laughs> I got to do it, Christian. I'm sorry. And just just out of wanting to, I'm gonna pick the 49ers. I don't know why. I get giddy yeah, when I think about it. Um, the the main reason why I'm going with the 49ers is why not. That's it. Why not? Any given, Any given Sunday with with this <laughs> with this league, it's been every game. Thank you, Christian. That was a great argument for what I'm trying to pull together here. Um, any given Sunday, I think maybe there's some moxie behind those Niners, and they're at home. So why not? Why not? I thought this was a football show, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we educated ourselves. So um, when you play the stock market, you go big, you go home. You give me the 49ers as well. I'll take them. Right here, Alfred. That's right. L.A., I gotta last two games they played against the Seattle Seahawks, only one by two. Against Denver, only one by three. And it's division rivals. If you're telling me the Jaguars would have lost to Tennessee at home after coming off a Patriots win, you would have been looking at me the exact way you're looking at me right now. So you give me the 49ers. I'm taking them all away, baby. Let's go. My man, Alfred. I'm... I'm shook. Uh, when he said educate ourselves, like, yeah, attack Trey, tell him. I'm taking the Rams. Like, I don't – I mean, I I think it, there's a chance it will be a close game because the Rams only scored 23 against the Broncos where I thought they were going to be scoring more even though Denver has a good defense. I thought the Rams' offense just looked unstoppable, which even with only three-point uh, victory, a three-point difference between the Rams and the Broncos, Todd Gurley ran for over 200 yards. So whether it's Gurley, whether it's Goff, hopefully it's Brandon Cooks who's on my fantasy team. Jared, if you're listening, uh, Jared, you're on my fantasy team too. So if you can start throwing the ball a little more, it'd be nice. Uh, now I'm gonna take the Rams. Uh, I think there's a chance that this game might be close as well, but the Rams are looking really, really unstoppable right now. So I'm gonna take the Rams. But you know, if the Niners pull an upset, you guys might have something to say next week about yeah. about your. Uh, Chances of getting an upset game here. Um, wow, that'd be crazy. Uh, so the final game of the week, the Chiefs, we learned before the show, thanks to our source, Alfred the Butler over here, the Chiefs game was flexed to Sunday Night Football. So they have back-to-back Sunday Night Football games after what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo. So that Rams and Niners game is supposed to be a Sunday Night game. But that one got flexed, so that one's 425. And now the Bengals at Chiefs, 8.20 p.m., Sunday Night Football. The Bengals just lost in a uh, depressing, depressing fashion against the Steelers. Watching that live just to see Antonio Brown by himself and just run past every Bengals secondary was just sad. Ryan was excited because I mean, Antonio Brown was on his fantasy team. <laughs> um, so the... The Chiefs are going to host Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead and play the Cincinnati Bengals, who are coming off a tough loss. Ryan, any chance the Bengals get Chiefs back-to-back losses after losing to the New England Patriots last night? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the real Bengals have uh, finally revealed themselves, and I don't, I don't think the Bengals are going to be good this year, uh, except for Joe Mixon. Please keep running for touchdowns. You're on my fantasy. Um, but, no, I think the Chiefs are still – I mean, they lost by three to – probably you know year in year out the best team in football last night uh and they put up a great game and i think patrick mahomes is gonna have another stellar performance give me the chiefs 
I think this is going to be a really, really good game. I think I think both of these defenses, you know, have their issues. I think um, the Chiefs' offense is so high-powered, and then their secondary is so low-powered. So I think I think A.J. Green has a good game, and I think Tyreek Hill also has a good game. But I'm taking uh, I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. Wow. Yeah. I think Chiefs are a little down right now. I'm going to go – I'm going to disagree with Christian on that one. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, both – like you said, both defenses aren't the greatest. Um, I think the Bengals' defense is worst um, between the two, and I think uh, between the Chiefs' offense, which is just ridic- puts up so many points, they're going to blow out the Bengals. I'm not blow out the Bengals, but it's, it's going to be a shootout. It'll be a shootout game, but I think the Chiefs take it. Lock of the week. Give me the Bengals. Oh. Give me the Bengals. I, t- I say they come in. Um, I think they're better than most teams expect. Um, they would have beat Pittsburgh, but it would have been 5-1. and one. It would have been a matchup of 5-1 and one teams if they didn't. I don't know what kind of coverage they were doing on Antonio Somebody Brown. Give but <laughs> Give me Cincinnati, man. I think they go in there and Pat Mahomes throws up another clinker. He didn't have four t- um, picks in the last two games. And you better give me the Bengals, I'll take them. The Chiefs are hosting a Sunday night football game in the regular season at Arrowhead against the Bengals, who gave the game away. I watched almost the entire game between the Steelers and Bengals, and I cannot tell you how many drop passes I saw from the Bengals receivers. A.J. Green was dropping passes. I mean, it was – I couldn't believe – they would have won that game if, they, if it weren't for all those drop passes – uh, so they literally gave that game away, and I think Ryan's right. I think the Bengals still have a chance to be a good team this year, but that said a lot. Like I was surprised how fast they gave that game away to Pittsburgh, and I don't think there's any way they go to Kansas City and even compete. I think this game's going to be a blowout. I think this game will be a blowout for Kansas City. You know, I'm, Kansas City was so close to beating the Patriots on Sunday Night Football in Foxborough. So I think if they go home – I don't, I don't think the Bengals stand a chance in this one, so give me the Chiefs. That's our pick six segment, so we have plenty of time left. we got about seven minutes left in the show, so we're going to head to our football fortune. Okay, a lot of, a lot of uh, struggles this week uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, but Trey's happy. You know, the Falcons are back in it. There's, there's questions to be answered here, though, for every team every single week in this office. So we will start with Christian's 49ers. Christian, from your fortune cookie supply from a restaurant here at UNF, Christian, your question for the 49ers is basic. Will you beat the Packers tonight on Monday Night Football? All right, let's see what the fortune says. Okay, I cannot make this stuff up. The fortune says you've got this one in the bag. So... I can't argue with that. I guess we're going to beat Aaron Rodgers in prime time tonight. Uh, if they beat Aaron Rodgers, anyway, I can. Do they have the numbers so I can play the lottery? It yeah. says no, no, no. Uh, no uh, they don't have that numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's too bold for numbers, man. That's wow. I I can't argue you with agree with, with the fortune. Can't I can't agree. argue. Yeah, you can't disagree with the fortune. With Chinese restaurants' fortunes. So there you go. <laughs> they're never wrong. So Trey. The Atlanta Falcons, you know, it was almost given up at the last second, but they held on to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So is the win over Tampa a turnaround game for the Falcons? 
I'm going to need someone to help me decipher this because I don't understand it. You are as intelligent as you are good looking. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm telling you dumb there. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I mean, we looked. I don't know. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Is the win over Tampa a turnaround game for Atlanta? Maybe. You're a good looking team. Did, did we look good? Sometimes, <laughs> maybe. So you might win. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough fortune. I don't know. <laughs> quoting Jalen Ramsey. That's, uh, that's yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's maybe. Uh, I guess we can just ask the Falcons. Are they intelligent? I mean, I don't know. Julio, yeah, Julio Jones doesn't have a touchdown, so you're as intelligent as you are good-looking, so Our maybe they're not. Our coordinator is not good-looking then because <laughs> he is obviously not intelligent. So maybe that's bad, but you're playing the Giants on Monday night, so we'll see how that fortune goes. For Ryan, for Alfred, and for myself representing the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're having a lot of tough games here recently. Can we turn it around? The question I have, though, will there be a trade before the deadline to fix the offense? So maybe we have a trade, but the trade will actually fix the offense. For the rest of the season, will we have a trade before the deadline to fix the offense? Guys, our fortune says you are surrounded by unlimited opportunities. What was Alfred saying before that there are opportunities to clear up cap space for you guys to get Derek Carr? It's gonna happen. Unlimited man. opportunities. Okay, since we have four minutes left, <laughs> let me just explain that before the show, these guys were trying to convince me of different options that the Jags could pursue if they wanted to stop pursuing this Blake Bortles uh, situation as our franchise quarterback. Even though they just gave him a three-year deal. Carr, Fitzpatrick. They started throwing names like Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's magic. Uh, yeah, true. So, but I told him the only one that I could see happening was trading a draft pick or two for Teddy Bridgewater with the New Orleans Saints. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints don't want to get rid of him because they traded a draft pick away to the New York Jets to get him. And unless we give them something even more valuable than a sustainable backup quarterback that can definitely play the same way in the same system as Drew Brees. I don't know if I see that happening either. So in the quarterback situation, it's so hard to learn a playbook if you're getting traded. So I don't think I ever see the Jags trading for a quarterback during the season. I think if the Jags really think it's over with Blake Bortles, that they would just put Cody Kessler in and hope for the best. But these guys even threw out Jameis Winston to be a Jaguar. And I just don't see that happening. I think that Tampa made them their starter. I think that's solidified now. I don't think that's going to change. So anybody have a trade that they want to throw out there since our fortune says uh, you are surrounded by unlimited opportunities? Can anybody give me a trade that they can think of on the top of their head? Because the Jags are limited in cap space right now. So, Ryan, you got a trade for me. Sell me on something. It's easy. This is an easy one. It's, it's an offer you can't refuse. It's the godfather offer. It is the next five years, every single draft pick for Patrick Mahomes. You tell me you turn it down. I turn it down. The Chiefs would turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would turn that down. I'd, I'd turn that down. Anyone else got anything? Because right. that's all I got. Somebody sell me on a trade. Well, I'm not going to sell I'm you. Called, well, somebody call me and tell me something that's good. Oh. 
All right, we're. <laughs> let's say I'm Oakland Raiders general manager. I have no idea who it is. Pretty much John Gruden. But so Gruden calls you, and he says, "I want." You ever heard of a butterfly hey, banana? Banana. He says, "We will give you Derek Carr." And we're taking, nice you, John. we're taking Dante Fowler, Blake Bortles, and a second round pick. Do you say no? Nope. You say no as a jag as a jaguar. You say no. I would not make that trade. No. Why? I just don't think Derek Carr is worth that much money. Hey, I say you give me James Winston. You see the way he eat those W's in that hit, in that in that cuddle. We're going to eat that W, <laughs> trust me. So we're going to take Winston. He already got camaraderie. He got all that um, good shit with uh, Jalen Ramsey. So that's what I like. And as we reach the end of the show, nobody can sell me on a trade, and it looks like it might be Kessler time if the Jags cannot win. We'll give you Matt, Matt, the Falcons will give you Matt Schaub. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Dean's Office. For Ryan, Christian, Trey, Alfred, and myself, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you tune in next week. Hopefully the Jags beat the Texans and take possibly a lead in this uh, sad AFC South. So thank you guys so much. Check us out next week from 4 to 5 p.m. You're listening to the Dean's Office on 95.5 FM Spinnaker Radio. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. Take care.